Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right. Welcome to Back in the Saddle with Jillian and Janice. And uh, uh, we're staring at screens today, which is, you know, it's kind of, we, we do this every so often. And Jillian got on the screen this morning. Oh, and I said, Oh, mama, did you, did you just wake up? <laughs> oh my God. I, I literally cannot open my eyes. They're swollen shut and my mouth, I can barely speak because when I open my mouth, the leather that is now my face just cracks. I, I did this crazy chemical peel, which I do, honestly, I do do this like every year, occasionally twice a year if I get too much sun in Miami and it is just like you fell asleep in the oven for about seven days this is how bad this is so my dermatologist in Los Angeles just gives it to me now because I've been with him for so long (laughs) and I can't do it in LA because I got to get back home to Miami so I go in LA you know I see the dentist to get the hair colored the whole I keep all the stuff in LA the whole shebang and I took this battery acid home. I almost felt bad putting it in my carry-on. They're like, do you have anything explosive? I'm like, no. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, maybe? So you scrape your face. First, you exfoliate your face, right? So I have this, like, he takes the sandpaper thing and just scrapes your face. But at home, I have this little exfoliator. And it's not as strong, but it's pretty strong. Then I have a micro-needling pen. And that really allows it to kind of stink into your face, right? So then I needled my whole face with this little micro needling pen I got on Amazon. It's like Dr. Pen or something, Mr. Pen. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm going to trust to to poke my face. Dr. Pen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So then I got in the shower and I steamed my face to make sure that every pore was open. And then Janice... You slather this battery acid on your face and you sit in it for eight hours. I, I This has got to be the most toxic thing I do to myself. Like it has to be nuclear waste. It, it is just, and then when you take, you die for eight hours. So for eight hours, your skin is crawling because it's like burning and itching and you're miserable and it gives you a headache. You're, so, okay. So now it's time that I, I'm able to take it off, right? Eight hours has come and there's a thunderstorm outside and the shadow won't let me get in the shower. <laughs> what? <laughs> because, because there's something, I swear to you, Google it, that you could get electrocuted if you're showering or washing your hands or bathing or doing dishes oh. when there's a thunderstorm outside. I swear. So I risk my life and I get in the shower. Um, my wife's very upset about it. And I get this stuff off. And when I tell you, like, y- y- it's it's like being a python. Your whole face. But, but you live in a sunny, isn't it the worst place to do it in a sunny, cl- like, you must have to wear one of them big sombrero hats. To oh, go out. I don't even, I cover my, I wrap a bandana around my face. I put sunglasses on. I have a headband around my forehead. I have a hat on to walk the dogs. 
people just know me in the neighborhood. They're like that crazy bitch that lives at the end of the drop. Like, but I, okay. When I go on the skis. I've got literally, I wear a face kini. So I put like 70 on. I wear a face kini, which is a, I look like I'm going to rob somebody on a yacht. Cause I'm on like, but I go on the jet skis. I have a full face cover. Then I put a bandana over the face cover and then a helmet. I'm not kidding. Only in Miami would you say, I've got a thing on where I'm going to rob a yacht. There's nothing but billionaires on the water and there are yachts out here. It's like lifestyles of the rich and extraordinarily rich now because all the rich New Yorkers came down here. So it's nothing but billionaires. Yep. It's billionaires and Cubans. So it's like, I really... (laughs) Now I will interject for a second. Since lightning can travel through plumbing... See, it is best to avoid all water during a thunderstorm. Do not shower, bathe, wash yeah. dishes, or wash your hands from the U.S. Center for Disease Control. I'm saving lives. Wait. Saving lives, yes, sir. <laughs> I am saving lives over here. Yeah. Wow. That is, I had no, honestly, no idea. Okay. Hold on. So I don't put filler in my face because it can go wrong. I did when I was younger and I used to get super thin. For, th- for like different shoots, I would get really thin, but then you get drawn. And then the plastic oh, surgeon was like, do not do that. You know, it makes a mess. Listen, I'm absolutely about the organic lifestyle, but I don't believe in lying to people either and pretending like, oh, it's just collagen. You know, <laughs> like collagen obviously helps with fine lines, wrinkles, skin elasticity, hair, skin, nail, you all eating healthy. I just think it's not fair to lie to people. It's like, yeah, I try these different things and no, do it, don't do it. But tell them the truth. You gotta tell people Jill, the truth. Jillian, you've been transparent since I met you. You've never, you've never For better and worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 it's but it's true. You've never, you know, you've been always honest about stuff like that. You know? Yeah, I think you have to be. And then people can say, like, oh, she's fucking crazy. But I don't want or or not. Or they could try it themselves. Right. Yeah. But I just, I get upset when people do all this work and just act like, you know, right. like, or the ass implants that they put in and then act like it's squats. It's like, no, no, you can't set, you can't set people up like that. This is, makes, it's not fair. So I've labeled this the friend show, even though there's other things I'd like to share. Okay. Do you find, no, 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 hold on. Let me preface again. So Deshanna and I have our wedding celebration coming up, right? And this has been something that's been going on for two years. And the reason it's been going on for two years is because it was supposed to happen this time last year, but then there were health issues in her family and, you know, well, I'm not going to do whatever. It's her fit. And we had to push it a year. So you've got a group of people that have known for two years and we were keeping it very small, like no more than 50 people. Originally, it was going to be 30 people. It's a destination wedding. And now let me preface by saying it's in Venice, Italy. Obviously, you know, it's expensive for people to get there. It's inconvenient for them. People have kids. There's a host of things like going on a destination wedding to the other side of the world for a lot of our friends who are based somewhere in America, be it California, New York, Miami, um, in most cases. It's a pain in the ass. We expected a lot of people to just can't make it, right? And we were like, totally get it. No worries. So 
you know, there were the obvious, like, we can't make it. These are the reasons. So sorry. would love to be there. And we were like, zero expectation of you coming for all those reasons. Understand. Then there were the people that RSVP'd. And about a month out, good friends started canceling after. And the final RSVP tape, VP date was March. And the wedding is in at the end of June, right? Four weeks out. Now you pay, and I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but you pay per person when they say they're coming after the final RSVP day. It's a three-day wedding with multiple events. It's about 1,500 euros a person, a person. It's like 1,800. Mama, I mean, think about it, right? You got, they got to get picked up on a boat. They got to be taken to a location for drinks. They've got the welcome dinner with more food and like a pond landing. There's champagne and what, then the welcome dinner with food and alcohol, then the ice cream cart. Then the next day, it's like a whole, you know, it's a whole thing. Then the next day there's the wedding. There's the drinks after the wedding. There's the dinner. There's the after party, you know, at this place, it's this church that's being turned into a nightclub that with and every single person is like X amount of euros just for the alcohol. Then the next day you've got the boat ride with drinks and snacks. Then you've got the, the farewell brunch with food and alcohol like, and the, it's, it's a fortune. So a month out, people were like, oh, you know, ugh, I've been hate. I really didn't want to tell you. And they canceled and we were, you know, a few, like I'd say six people. And it's like, oh God, I didn't know, but I, you know, I've got this trial, like a lawyer. Oh, you know, I've got this food allergy. I thought would get better. Oh, you know, I, and you're, you're being calm, but you're like, you just cost me, you know, as every single person. that's a couple you're like that's about four grand that's another four grand that's another four grand i would say in people that did that who were good friends twelve fourteen thousand dollars and i don't mind the the late additions but i started to think to myself okay now let me flip the script all right now you have the friends that you recently met that you haven't known for that long, but for some reason you click with them. Yeah, yeah. And you think, okay, I'm gonna invite, you know, this person, and they are so excited, and they book their travel immediately. They can't wait. They're thrilled to be going. And I'm thinking to myself, like, we don't even really know these people that well. We've known them for a few months, or we've known them for you know four or five months, and they're ecstatic to go. Oh my god, I'm on! Thank you so much for the invite. And like, everything's done. And like, our good friends haven't booked their, their hotels yet. I don't know. Like, and all right. So here's what I'm picking up from this. The ones that have known us for a really long time, kind of take us for granted. And don't value the, it's the novelty. This is going to sound really bad. So rip me a new one. The novelty of going to like, Jillian Michael's wedding has worn off, you know, I'm Jill now, which is, I should be, but I do think in some cases when people meet me, it is novel. They find a friendship with me a little bit novel and it's not because I'm Julia Roberts, but there just is something, obviously not. There is something there. I see it and it's okay. And as they get to know me, that falls away and you just become Jill, which is what it should be. But it's 
I think that we find we, we, the people closest to us, we treat the worst. And I've watched, we take the friendship for granted. We are not on our best behavior. We are not always thinking about what we can bring to the table. Whereas with a new friend, you're trying to show them, here's what I can bring to your life, right? This is the value I can bring to your life. Um, and you're trying to prove that you're worth a friendship because we have a finite amount of time. Everybody's got their guard up, I think, which is normal. I really do think it's normal. You can't let everybody in your world. And I don't know, Jay, do you, do you think I'm wrong? And like some of Deshanna's closest friends, the we- the wedding list that we started with two years ago had is a completely different group of people now for the most part two years later and i just find it kind of surprising kind of sad and i want to i want to really talk today about how to maintain your friendships because i i'm probably guilty of it in a lot of ways i've really had to do some soul searching of who am i checking in with regularly Mm -hmm. right um who am I taking for granted? Uh, what am I bringing to that friendship? And I've tried to change or transparency. Like if I can't be there for someone, then I try immediately to say, I'm so sorry. I can't be there for this because of X, Y, Z. Let me send something. Let me do something else. How can I help in another way? Can I, does that that make any sense, Jay? Well, I I mean, I, I do believe you're right that the ones we we do sometimes take older friendships for granted, but I think sometimes older friendships, this is so uh, interesting that you're saying this because because I've had old friendships that, that aren't working anymore and it's shocking. And it, and it's yours. Oh, is it's in a different... her, but no, but she's going through what you're going through. So keep, t- I watched it happen with several of her older friends. So I want you to, I didn't mean to interrupt you go no, and no. then I'll, I, I think it's just, and then, and, and I kept on keeping it going. Like I kept on making this, this effort, like, um, like I got shit for not calling or not texting. It's like, well, you didn't text. And it's like, okay, are we really going here? Are we doing this tit for tat? Yeah. And, and then I kind of, and then I finally went, what am I gaining from this relationship? What am I gaining from this friendship? Not even what I'm gaining. What am I like What your question? Am I still giving this person what they need? And, and I realized that as shitty as it feels, I'm not going to text anymore. I'm not going to keep making this attempt for the sake of making this attempt. So if it's I, not reciprocated? If, or it's is just, it... if it just doesn't, if it just doesn't feel good. It's like. Why doesn't it feel good though? That's the, that's what I, because yeah. actually one of the things I was listening to this guy. Um, that's interesting. On some podcast. And he was saying, you know what I do? I get, I get in the car and on every morning drive, I go through my phone and I call someone I haven't spoken to in a while. Mm. And I, I thought, that's cool. You know, I should reach out to Regina. I should reach out to Mark. I should reach out because I am guilty. And this is me in a nutshell. And I used to say this to my contestants. Life is crazy, Right. You got a million things going wrong, a million fires you're putting out, a million things you're trying to accomplish. 
we've got aging parents, we've got young kids or kids that still need a ton of attention. We're working, we're busy. If my friends don't throw up a flare, they kind of, you know, you, you think they're okay and you're, you're going about your business. And I, for, I don't just randomly check in. I've been really trying to check, unless I know they're in trouble, right? Then I'm like, oh, you've been diagnosed with cancer. Let me check in right now. I'm, now I know that I need to check in. So I had one friend that was diagnosed with breast cancer, which, you know, I told you about, and I would check in the surgery, the day after the surgery, every week of radiation, when radiation was done, I knew to check in, but then friends who aren't going through that, I just... You know, they don't live in Miami. I'm not going to see them for dinner. I kind of forget to check in. Now I'm really trying to check in. So what is it? Why do you think it doesn't feel good when you text? Okay, because there's certain there's certain friends we have where you haven't talked in a long time. You you, you just go, you know what? Like, like the guy who calls people out of the blue. Just like, mm-hmm. and they go, hey, oh my God, how are you? You know, I thought about you the other day or what, how's it going? And then there's the other friend who goes, who gets mad that you haven't touched in. And it's like, well, wait a minute. It's like, there's two different types of people. And I always want to be the person that goes, hey, great to hear from you. Yeah. I, I am. So what is it that, that, that the, that the one friend feels slighted? Like, where does that's in them? That's not in you. That's it's, it's like, oh, I haven't talked to you in a year. Oh, well, and, and the way you're talking to me now, I'm glad I didn't talk to you in a year. <laughs> it, right, right. Yeah. You know, I have another friend. Okay, so I think I know. We have a friend. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to say his name just in case. He, really nice guy, though, right? He happens to be going through a harder time, but has told nobody he's going through a harder time except right. to Shanna. And then he, he, he tells me a little bit and that he's upset with another mutual friend he's like oh gee he never checks in on me and i'm thinking to myself because you don't tell him you need to be checked in on <laughs> like he doesn't know you're going through abcd and he's not a mind reader right right, right and there right. is this you know my mom used to say to me that we unconsciously feel like it's the baby that wants mommy to interpret their needs mommy should know i'm hungry mommy should know i need to be changed mommy should read my mind if mommy loved me, mommy would read my mind. If mommy loved me, mommy would just check in. I, I think it's unconscious. And that's, that's why I'm always telling people, you got to say what you need where nobody's a mind reader. Then if you communicate your needs and they don't support you, that's a different story. Yes, yes, yes. But I just find, you know, then there are the friends that you always check in with and they don't check in back. I, I do think there's a cost benefit analysis on friendships and you can outgrow friendships. And Shanna, I felt so bad for her. She's been through the past two years of just complete upheaval. And there are some friends from her past <clears throat> that didn't grow in the same direction, so to speak. Okay. And we all go through this, I believe where there's the transition of school friend, college friend, party friend, 20s friend, uh, bestie, meet me hungover for brunch friend. And then 
we get into late 20s, 30s, serious relationship, maybe a baby, and the world changes. For that person, you're no longer the 20s friend, you'll go anywhere friend, you're the 30s friend, like, who's going to be there? How many people? What time is it over? I'll drive myself, right? <laughs> you know, right, you change. Right. Some of those other friends are still single, still drinking every weekend, still partying. And <clears throat> now you're kind of growing apart. She's had that happen with a few of her older friends. And the way they did not show up for her on the wedding of helping her plan the wedding, doing a shower for her, some of her closest friends. And it destroyed friendships. I can't believe it. I literally was like, we had this wedding to, to lose friends. It's crazy. It's crazy. And the ones that were closest to her were the ones that didn't do shit for her. Didn't, didn't throw her a party. Didn't, didn't help her plan the wedding. And then the new, sorry, I just thought, I wonder what their assumption is. Like, what's their assumption that they wouldn't, that she wouldn't need help with that? Or she wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's jealousy because it's like, well, she's got Jill now and Jill can pay for it or Jill can plan it or Jill can whatever. That's what I wonder. Is there some kind of bullshit in that? Right. But the newer friends are like, oh, let me help you with this. Let me go with you to try on the dress. Let me. It's really weird. It was the people closest to us for years that just felt like they didn't need to show up at all. And the new people shut up. In every single possible way. Yeah. And it's really bizarre. I, I don't know. People never tell you anything real either. Have you noticed? Then you've got a world where everyone's lonely. Everyone's anxious. Everyone's depressed. But no one feels comfortable telling their friends what's going on. Really what's going on. And then sometimes if I do tell people what's going on, it's like, babe, no, it's, that's heavy. Like, nobody wants to hear it. I'm like, Really? You know, I I don't know. But but I think sometimes you hold back in telling people because sometimes you know what their reaction is going to be. And sometimes it's so unsatisfying. Like when you share something and you're, you're kind of telling this person and it's like the, the response could be, oh, well, you know what? That's, that's the way it goes. And it's just like, wow, not really the response I was looking for. But then that's a friend maybe. Okay. So. All right. Then I'm going to say you've got buckets of friends, the acquaintance friends, and that's okay. Right. The, the, the very close inner circle and each group kind of serves its own purpose. And there's a cost benefit analysis and a friendship of, is this, is this serving me? Is this more good than bad in every relationship? Is it more good than bad? Right. Now, before you summarize, yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell you an interesting thing about friendship. Now, I'm Please. having I'm having a 50-year reunion of my old girl gang. Oh. We're, called, we're called the Killers. Now we oh. didn't we didn't kill we didn't kill anybody. We just partied really hard in high school. But there's eight of us and, and there's eight of us, eight girls, and we met each other exactly 50 years ago. And we're wow. having a get together in July. Of, and we are, we could not be more different. Like some of us have kind of gotten together the odd times, but it's so interesting to see eight women 50 years later. Wow. You're going to have to report back on the killers meeting. 
absolutely. It will be interesting. And, and, and I think, listen, that could be, maybe they just become acquaintances. Maybe it's just a fun reunion, but you know, I don't know. I love that you're doing it. I love that you're trying. That's another lesson. That was another part of my takeaway is try, reach out, right? Reach out and try with people, make an effort to make new friends because the reality is that overnight your entire friendship circle can change. And the people that you thought were the most important to you can be the ones that I hate to say this, but the ones that stab you in the back the worst. And you can make new friends that can very quickly become the most important to you, arguably because you just have more in common now. So if, if it's stuff that's building, that's building resentment, deal with it. Always, always think about what you can add. Communicate your needs and don't expect them to read your mind. Check in with somebody that you haven't spoken to, right? And focus on the value that you bring to people's lives. And I'll tell you, when the shit goes down, you're going to know. Like when you got cancer, Jay, or when something happens in your life, you will know real fast who your friends are. And keep, keep the ones that are close to you close. And remember to work on that relationship. It doesn't, they don't, it takes work. It takes work and do things like the killers. Like don't be afraid to network and bring people together. A lot of people are insecure about bringing people together because they don't want to be left out or they don't want to, you know, make these guys better friends. Bring people together, network and connect. That's another one. All right. I want a video of the killers thing. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right, are you ready? I'm going to give you your choices, Jay. Sure. Your next segment. I've got one on SWAS, ass sweat. Oh, it's a huge problem. We are embarking on summertime, so maybe maybe (laughs) we should touch touch a tad on your SWAS. Oh, my God. It's so bad. It is literally like my wife, I've tried everything. And my wife is like, you got to change your pants. We go to the gym. You got to wear different pants. You got to wear different pants. I'm like, baby, I've been through every pair of fucking pants. Whether it's sweatpants, <laughs> leggings. She's like, you got to change your pants. You got it. 
what is wrong with me? Uh, it's because you don't wear underwear. No, it's worse. It's worse with the underwear. And not only do you see the lines from the underwear, but then the underwear, first of all, you got chafing. I can't run in, it, 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 it rides up and you see the lines and leggings from underwear. Do, do, like you can't do that, but it's, I'm telling you, it looks like I have peed out of my rear end in my pants. It does not. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And I'm Jillian Michaels and I can't have it. I can't have it. I can't have it. You know, well, remember a little while ago when we did a show where you told me that you have taken all the hair away from the area? That's not it. I Googled it. I even pulled Are up you sure? I'm you sure. Maybe you, you need a little grass no, down there. Nope, that can make it worse. But you're, you've been working out for a long time. What did you do? What did you do during The Biggest Loser? Did you... I wasn't working out though. They were working out. I was just oh, yelling. Yeah, yeah. I was just yelling. You were just yelling. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so here's all the feedback that I've gotten every which way. I've got multiple, multiple articles. Oh, on my Lord. Men's health weighing in. I've got Healthline weighing in. They have, what kind of underwear are you wearing? Choose cotton or moisture wicking underwear. Forget it. They just, then it's like, I'm wearing a wet diaper. That doesn't work. That's bad advice. Healthline. You know, the, what kind of advice is this, by the way? Know where the bathrooms are. If you start to feel the dreaded dampness and you don't have a spare pair on hand, head to the bathroom as soon as possible and dab with some paper towels. You're telling me that in between sets, I'm going to go dab my ass. That's not. <laughs> okay, that's not, ridiculous. That's, that's terrible advice. I, I don't even understand. Okay, ready for this one? Stand up every chance you get. Sitting for long periods of time gives the sweat the perfect chance to collect between your cheeks. Get out of here. These are not my problems. Okay, wait, let's, let's hold the phone for a second. Is this yeah, just happening yeah. at the gym or is this happening it, like when you're out for dinner? Because it's if it's just, happening at the gym, who It's cares? just happening. No, no, it looks like I peed out of my butt. My oh. whole ass. My whole ass. Let me see if I can reach my wife. Hold on. Although she is in a dress fitting, so she's going to be really angry that I'm bothering her right now. But it's a problem. She's going to tell you. She's going to tell you it's a problem. In fact, it's and and then she makes me aware that it's a problem. Well, well, at the honey, are you there? Yeah. Could you please? <laughs> could you please tell Janice about what happens to my butt at the gym? Oh, she sweats. It's awful. I told you. It's. A, I told. Put on black spandex, and she's like. Who cares? It's just what happens. I'm like, well, it doesn't look right. It doesn't look right. It doesn't look right. It's awful. It happens to her every time. And she wears like gray sweats. Okay. But it's, no, it's <laughs> not just the gray sweats. She doesn't understand. It's every pair of pants. And then every you wear the leggings. Pants, it's awful. And then you get the crotch sweat. You see? I think there's I think there's something you could do for that. Janice says it's because I'm working out. I'm at the dress place by now. I oh. oh, you're at the wedding dress place. Oh, oh yeah. okay. All right. Well, okay. we can talk about this later. Oh. All right. Love you. Love you. See? You see? I'm you see sorry. My wife, my wife just... doesn't want to be seen with me in public. Like, what is happening here? And this advice is poor. Oh, put powder on. That doesn't work. Tell, yeah. Talcum is bad. They, that, yeah, that it gets inside your giglet, and that's not good. Okay. Ready? Deodorant. 
This is the one thing they tell you not to do. Tons of people use deodorant to combat armpit sweat, so you might be tempted to try it between your cheeks. But deodorant usually contains heavy fragrance. To combat the smells produced by the apocrine glands under your arms, the chemicals in these fragrances can irritate the delicate skin of your derriere. Okay. No, but yeah, you don't want to stop. You don't want to stop sweat from coming out. That's There's a purpose to sweat. You know no, that. You're no, Julian Michaels. No, that's not true. It's for cooling. No, no, it's for cooling. That's a lie. So, so okay, underlying conditions, thyroid problems, no. Diabetes, no. Hot flashes, no. Infections, no. Nervous system disorders, no. And cancer. These are the things that Healthline has said. Can you imagine if I just was like, holy shit, I've got cancer because I'm... <laughs> no, if, if I read that list, I would be concerned. But Jake turned around and said, oh, I wonder if it's ball deodorant. And I was like, what's ball deodorant? So Jake then said his friend uses Mega Man, which I couldn't really find Mega Man. It's not really on Amazon. There's Mega Man, but it's like, it's unclear what it is. I bought something called Manscaped. Are you ready? Yeah, the okay. Crop Preserver. Men's Ball Deodorant. Male Care Hygiene Moisturizer Anti-Chafing Groin Protection with Aloe Vera. And... Guys, this is, again, not a paid ad. I actually just bought this this morning. Okay, about this item. Crop Preserver. Powerful moisturizing ball deodorant. Keeps you fresh and hydrated. Now, I don't have balls, obviously. At least, not as of yet in this, <laughs> in, in, in this part of your <laughs> no, life. I don't plan on having balls, um, which is a whole other segment. Don't, okay, don't leave home without it. It gives you a freshness and a velvety smooth finish. Um, I think this is what we're going to have to do. It has no fragrance. It has no aluminum. And this is what I'm going to have to try because I've tried the moisture wicking. No go. I've tried. I don't want to put talc down there. That makes me nervous. Have practiced excellent hygiene. And not only that, apparently with extra hair, it can make you sweat more. Okay. So whereabouts are you putting it though? I have an idea. So I, by the way, I've often wanted to try Botox there because Botox um, stops. Yes, stops, stops you from sweating, right? But how in the F am I going to go to my dermatologist's office and say, could you do me a favor? <laughs> I, 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 will, I will bet you that's not the first time they've done it. Hold on. Let me see if I can reach Orla. Orla also does, uh, she also does um, uh, Botox and she's fantastic. She's a nurse practitioner. Let's see if I can get her. Hold on. Okay. She's like, why is Jill calling me? <laughs> Hello. Oh, how are you, buddy? Hi. Good. Um, Mama, I need your help. I got I to gotta preface. So for everybody listening, Orla has done Botox for me for, what, a decade? Over, probably. Over, probably, <laughs> right. And laser hair removal. Janice, my podcast producer, is on. She's often... <laughs> She's often struggled with the nude nether region, and I've tried to explain to her how important that is. So Orla and I have been fairly intimate. She's, she's had to do some dirty work on me. Wouldn't you agree, my friend? Yes. No, yeah, it's bad. It's, it's bad. And, okay. We get to know each other very well. Yeah, yeah. And I have a new problem, and I, I haven't had the nerve to talk to you about it. But I, I feel like, like I need to really get this out there because the world needs to know. Swass. You know what this is, right? Swass, yes. Sweaty swamp <laughs> ass. Okay. Yes. So I've been 
I'm actually dead serious, Orla. For at least a decade, I've been trying to muster the courage to ask you if I should be shooting Botox in my ass crack. This is it. Is this a thing? Have you ever done this before? I know you've seen it all. You work in Beverly Hills. You're the top at what you do. Does anyone ever ask you for Botox in their butt crack? You will be shocked, but um, <gasps> yes, it has been a thing. Oh my God. Oh my God. Really? <laughs> yeah. Where, okay. Yeah. Okay. Could you explain for people? Because deodorant in your in your in your nether region seems seems deadly. You know that seems like a bad infection or something. So right. so where where in fact do you do you put this? And and am I guessing it's for swamp ass, right? Obviously for swamp ass. Yes, yes. So you know it's very similar to how we treat um, for hyperhidrosis. You know, so people that sweat a lot, you know, under their arms or their hands, their feet, right. um, you know, so I, I believe, you know, people that do get the sweaty, the sweaty bottom, um, <laughs> that they, you know, probably have an area of like sweat glands that, you know, are just overproducing. Mine are so, overproducing. Yeah, I can't so have it because I'm Jillian Michaels. It's a huge thing. <laughs> Well, we can't have that. No, and I haven't um, had the heart to tell you. Despite everything we've been through together, it just felt like too much. Oh my gosh, you could have told me anything. You know? Okay, okay. Um, so, so you know, you basically just put it in the area where you tend to to sweat. So you just basically shoot up those areas with the Botox. Um, you know, it can be variable about how many units you need. So right it does help and you know it lasts them a good you know four to six months typically, <gasps> and then they have to kind of come and do it again oh but, my yeah. god i think i found the promise that okay um so okay, so i i have a question oh, or, or, Janice, she has a question go or, ahead Janice. so i understand with botox sometimes when you do put the botox in that area doesn't really move well anymore as 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 it could so if you were putting it in your nether regions would you not kind of lose control of certain areas of your nether regions? Like that's why you would have to place it in, you know, the areas where obviously you need to function. So, right. Um, right. you know, like it, you wouldn't want to put it like in your anus. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I wasn't planning um, on that. I wasn't planning although, on that. You know, although some people do get treatments in their anus for <gasps> other things, you know, um, Whoa. You know Bot yeah, Botox can be used for plenty of things. <gasps> um, but obviously, you know, that would be probably not someone that's complaining of swass. Oh, is not an area what, what, would what would it be for? Anus. Yeah. I got to know this one. Um, they use it for, um, you know, um, fissures. Um, oh, really? Yeah. What is it up with fissures? Yeah, fissures. Um, huh. You know, just to kind of relax that area. Like, you know, you know, say someone has low muscle tone or something like that, and they need to relax that area so it's easier for them to have bowel movements. Oh. Um, so they put it there for that. Wow. Um, wow, I didn't know yeah. that. Janice, that's, now you can no, go but that's re that's really interesting, though. Like, yeah. You learn something new every day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Orla, Orla, how can people find you for your services? So I work in Beverly Hills. Um, I'm at Rock Spa with Dr. Jay Calvert. And they can find me, you know, 
either via internet. <laughs> um, I can give you my phone number. It's 310-777-0496. And that's the direct number. If anyone has any questions, they can call the office and we can set something up for them. She she doesn't just do butt Botox, guys. She's, no. She does lasers, hair removal, <laughs> filler, the whole thing. She's uh, yeah. she's incredible um, and has been working on me for a million years. And I mean, I look incredible. So uh, yeah. thank you, buddy. I, I know great. you have three kids. I know it's uh, early where you are and I know you need to get to work. So I appreciate you and um, I'll see you in a couple months when I'm back in LA. <laughs> Get excited, pal. Get excited. All right. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Okay, bye. Woo. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Boom. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Um, so in the news, a couple things happened that made me really want to talk, touch on this. Diplo, do you know who Diplo is? No. Monster DJ. Huge, huge, huge musical talent. Has worked with everybody you can imagine. Um, is just monster okay. famous DJ. Like D- David uh, Guetta. Yeah. Yes, just that, like that, Getta. Okay, yeah. Yes, except unlike Getta, he came out and said, I get blowjobs from men, but I don't think it makes me gay because we don't make eye contact. So say, say that again. He gets blow- I get blowjobs from men, but, but I don't think it makes me gay because we don't have eye contact. He's queer baiting. Because then Bad Bunny, who's a Puerto Rican um, musician, could have not been more machismo, comes out on stage a little while back at some festival, kisses a guy, and then says, I'm fluid. Which, by the way, that, I think, means, fluid, I think, means that your gender is fluid, right? Some days you feel like a man, some days you feel like a woman, but it doesn't mean you're bisexual, whereas kissing well, a man... Well, it's like Sam Smith. Sam Smith is... is Sam Smith is 100% non-binary, right? right? And Janelle Monet but, is, is a... But uh, Sam Smith, I'm buying it. I'm not buying it from Diplo. I'm not buying no. it from Bad Bunny. And I don't know. I don't, I'm I, not. And then Bill Maher. Listen. And finally, new rule. If something about the human race is changing at a previously unprecedented rate, we have to at least discuss it. Broken down over time, the LGBT population of America seems to be roughly doubling every generation. According to a recent Gallup poll, Less than 1% of Americans born before 1946, that's Joe Biden's generation, identify that way. 2.6% of boomers do, 4.2% of Gen X, 10.5% of millennials, and 20.8% of Gen Z. Which means if we follow this trajectory, we will all be gay in 2054. (laughs) Okay, so here's my thing. Not everybody's fucking gay, man. We're not. Not everybody is. And then here's what else is interesting. I don't know if you listen to this this guy at all. 
Jordan Peterson. Have you ever heard about this guy? Yes, he's Canadian. He made a big splash and then he just went to friggin' town. Yes. Recently went to town. So there were, <laughs> this guy's very, he's a, a psychologist, isn't he? He was a, yes, he was a prof uh, in the yes. East Coast. Okay. Schools. He's a yeah. psychologist. Um, and I've listened to this guy debate. I mean, you would fear to get into a debate with this guy, right? He's just, so, he is, whether you like what he says or not, he is terrifyingly intelligent and eloquent more so than any other human I've heard speak. Like he is quick as shit on his feet. So, so eloquent. And I'll tell you that a lot of the time what this guy says makes sense to me. I'm like, that's interesting. I'm going to think about that. Yep. He's got a good point there. Hold on. Let me hold on to that. Like he didn't think that legalizing pronouns, making them legally required, was a good idea. And he had his reasons. And he's like, I think if you make it legal, people are going to reject it. I think it's going to be antithetical to what you're looking for. You can agree. You can not agree. <clears throat> but I had really kind of opened my mind to listening to different arguments. And he was one that I thought was very well thought through. He doesn't give you fake facts. I was on his Instagram. And he goes on to say that he thinks the bare minimum, the minimum of what we should require from a civilized society in regard to family structure and support is a heterosexual, child-centered, committed relationship. And then he says <clears throat> that people will be divorced, people will have loved ones die, and being gay is, I believe he said, an inevitability that should be tolerated. And I was Lord, he has 6.3 million followers that he's on Rogan and Lex and all these guys that are very intelligent all the time. OK, for him to come out and make a statement like gay should be tolerated is really signaling you should resent the shit out of him, but don't kill him in the streets. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I think it is. I was flabbergasted that he said that. And he talks about subsidizing heterosexual homes with children. They shouldn't have to pay taxes because they're they're living up to what he initially called the bare minimum. But then he's like, then he goes on to change his statement as he's talking into saying, oh, the ideal, right? Oh, it's the ideal. It's the ideal. We should tolerate these other things, but reward the good guys. I swear to God, this is what he said. Don't and, surprise me. And I was baffled, baffled, floored wrote to him and was like, I think we need to talk. <laughs> you, know, you should come on my show. I'll come on your show. Like, I have a lot of respect for you. I think these opinions could use a tune-up, and I think the ideal should be a loving home, not a heterosexual home, even though he indicates like it should be child-centered, which I don't even know that I agree with that. To be honest, I think it should actually be the parents that are in a loving relationship, and I think that's the best thing for the kid. Um, I don't think it should be child-centered if the parents are in love and committed and it's a healthy dynamic in the household. But, you know, we can table that. My, my point is, then I'm starting to notice that a lot of the guys that I have a lot of respect for, I, oh, here's one for you. Here's another one for you, okay? I get a request to do a, these magazines have um, digital covers now, a lot of them. The ones back in the day, the shapes and all those that used to be, um, at the supermarket and now are digital. And I won't name the name of the magazine, but it was like, oh, you know, can Jillian, we're, we want to know if Jillian can do the magazine cover. Um, here are the things we're looking for. And it was like, does she have a story about 
sexual harassment, toxic masculinity. And I was like, why do I have to do a story hating men? I don't hate men. I have a son and a male business partner and a brother, now father. How bizarre. Can she talk about these things and then we'll put her in the magazine? I swear to God. So that's horseshit. It's the narrative, girl. That's one of the narratives. My point being, I think things are getting a little more outlandish and kind of, I'm going to say ridiculous with the whole gay thing and 72 genders. It's like, oh my God, stop it. Stop. I'm sorry. I, I think that you're seeing a backlash from individuals like like I did Adam Carolla and he goes there's just a war launching on the common mm-hmm. sense American father that's how he feels oh, okay and a lot of men I know feel that way they're like toxic masculinity so now I'm a toxic male because I'm a male if I'm masculine I'm toxic like what does this even mean and they're they're like I voted you know against proposition eight for gays to marry I have gay I fuck I'm hire gays I work with gays I have no problem with gays and now I'm toxic and I don't get it. And and I think they feel from Who's what they? I, these straight heterosexual men are okay. feeling like, hold on, I was down. I was a friend of the court. I got it. I accepted you. You don't accept me. And there's I'm saying like whatever is going on in the gay community now. I think it needs to chill out. And here's why we made a lot of progress over the last 40 years. We did. I got the right to marry. I got the right to adopt kids. Like, yes, I know. It's not per. We've made huge strides. The, the, the country in particular is far, far more accepting by, than it was a decade ago, two decades ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Like days of Christopher Street, they're over. They're done. They're finished. Gays are in every form of media and every medicine, this, that, the other. But when we're sitting here screaming and trying to shame people into more acceptance, I think this I think this ball is rolling back down the mountain. I think that when we're trying to shame people into the position we want them to have or tell them that their lifestyle is no good, I don't think it's working. I don't understand it. And I think no. people are gay because it's trendy. It's just b- 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 bullshit. How did it just become what when did it become it's political now? You can't win though, you, you realize. You, you, no, and that's no one can win. And I think that's why I you know, and and I'm wrong to 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 want to dance on the outside of the issue. That's wrong too. What makes me sad is is that we and it does. It generally makes me sad is that we can't even have a feeling. We can't even question a feeling that we haven't figured out yet. So we become silent. Many yeah. of us are becoming silent because yes, I, I which is the worst part. Which is the worst part. Let me tell you where Don't you have authority to speak though. And and this is something that Gad Sad said. He is an evolutionary psychologist. Okay. Oh, wow. I like that. He's a, he's a genius, this guy. Um, truly a brilliant, brilliant mind. And where you are, thank God, licensed to speak, where your protected class is in your category. So, you know, oh, you're a woman. Okay, you can speak about woman stuff, right? Oh, you're gay. Okay, you can go. That, that, is that that's true? That's, that's not what he said, but he did say where you're an expert, you really need to stand on the data. Oh, I see. So he okay. said that. So okay. I'm saying, well, I'm an expert in being a homo, so I'm safe here. I am. Come for me. I've lived most of my adult life gay. All you gays can come for me all day long. I've done my part. And I would argue that the part I've done is more effective than the part that's being done now. I think I have won more people over trying to show them our similarities than shaming them into not agreeing with me. I think it's a mistake. 
I've watched it go backwards. And I, I made an effort. And you can call me an Uncle Tom, call me whatever you want. But by extending the olive branch to people who find gay scary or don't agree with it or it goes against their religion, like I extended an olive branch to Jordan Peterson. I was very nice. I was like, I have a lot of respect for you. There have been many instances where you've changed my mind. You know, maybe it's possible that your your positions could use a bit of a tune-up. I would welcome an opportunity to engage in a debate on this subject matter. I'm not like you piece. I don't think that's the way to go. No, I agree with and you. Ben Shapiro says the same things. And I will listen to Ben Shapiro just like I listened to Bill Maher or just like I listened to Rogan. I will listen to all different points of view. Uh, because I want to see, like, what are other people seeing? What are they hearing? What does it look like through their eyes? What news are they getting? So anyway, my my point is that I just think this whole kind of woke, progressive... Okay, now to interject for a second. Me. I'm sorry, it's like J.K. Rowling. She's written some things. Before you jump on her yep. that she's anti-trans, read what she's saying. I guess there's some things in it that, that you, you can't may not go, always agree with. Okay, different. so there's allyship. You what? want to be an ally. Yes. And I think, to me, this is where it, the wheels fell off the friggin' cart. Tell me. When people are being accused of anti-trans, or like when women are getting together to protect women's rights... And there's the, and there's the and the trans activists show up and they punch a seventy year old feminist uh, in the head. I'm sorry, this seventy year old feminist got us the vote, got us equal pay, got us worked that generation as as we've talked about before, worked their asses off to get women to where we are. And some trans activists who I don't truly believe is really fighting for the trans people. I think it's a whole, you know, trans people just want to live life like other people with, yep. with healthcare and, and with yep. love in their homes. They don't, I, I don't believe this bullshit. Sometimes some people want to be an ally to, for themselves, not really for the, the movement or the people. Yeah, the virtue they, signaling. So it's like, it's virtue signaling. I, I question why. So you say for themselves, I'm saying it's like, here's my favorite, right? All these people that are on Ozempic are the same one that would say to the overweight girl, you go, girl. Big is beautiful. But like these fuckers won't eat a sandwich and they're going to get thyroid cancer <laughs> to drop 10 pounds. Virtue <laughs> you signaler? Like I look at all these tiny, arguably potentially anorexic trainers I swear to God, and I'm not being a bitch about it. I mean, like, potential serious eating disorder that are like, let me have an overweight trainer on my app next to me because I'm, you go, girl. I'm like, you virtue signaling a-hole. You'd be terrified to be a healthy weight, let alone overweight. That's what I'm saying. It's bullshit. Yeah. So I could say to myself, oh, I want to be an, I want to be an ally of this. And I want to be an ally of that. If you're a true ally, you're empathetic. You're emp and that's the truth. That, that is what an ally is. It's an empathetic person. Are you ready for this one? You tell me what you think about this one. Because Lou and I have had a lot of talks about this. Okay. I was asked to write a passage in a book. Um, I believe by, obviously, a, I'm assuming a black female author who I guess works on ESPN. And it's about celebrating Black women, I guess, of strength. Or and the question was, would I write an essay 
to Lou um, and celebrate Lou as a black woman. What do you think I said? <laughs> Funny you said, well, I would think you would say probably no. She's so much more than a black woman. I, I, and, I, and I thought, am I crazy? I was like, she doesn't see herself that way. I've raised her not to see herself that way. She is a great woman who happens to be black. She's not a great black woman. So, you know, I, I am hopefully an, an excellent trainer who happens to be gay. I'm not a great gay trainer. Idris Elba said this, and I was like, thank God. He did an article in The Hollywood Reporter, and he's like, stop saying first black actor. Yes. He's like, stop it. I'm an actor who happens to be black. And I was like, yes, dude, say it. And he's like, and not only that, I'm not just here to inspire black kids. I'm here to inspire all kids. And I was like, yes. And one of the things that I talked to Lou about, because I honestly think it's a trap. I really do. I think it's a trick and I think it's a trap. And I'm noticing more and more marginalized communities are being manipulated in, into feeling like more and more of a victim because it's divisive to culture and society as we know it. And somebody is profiteering off of that. There was a, uh, someone sent me a meme and it was like, you put bl black ants in a jar and red ants in a jar. They're all going to get along fine. Shake the jar. They're going <laughs> to kill each other. The question is who's shaking the jar? So nowadays I tell Lou, I'm like, listen to me. Michael Jordan was the people's champion. Okay. Got it. I'm like all of these women that you loved, because she actually, she loves all of the old divas from Whitney Houston. They're not all black. She loves Amy Winehouse. I'm like, Whitney Houston, there's a thing in her movie where she, they're like, you don't sing black enough. She's like, I don't sing black. I don't sing white. I sing. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm like, I'm going back to old school. I'm like, above all else, you are a human being. You happen to have black skin. There will be challenges that come with it. There'll be advantages that come with it. Great. Approach every situation individually, but do not subscribe to this, Lou, that you make music for black people only and black this, black that. I'm like, that's a fucking trick. You, if, you know, you inspire everyone who is inspired by you. That it's like that. It's a trick, mama. I'm telling you, it's a trick. Somehow, somewhere, making people feel like they are powerless pisses them off and they feel helpless. And when a person feels like they have nothing left to lose, that's when bad shit happens. I'm not an idiot. I always, I came up at a time where the only black television show was the Cosby show. Mm -hmm. Okay, like we know this, but I also watched, and I'm going to say my generation and yours, vote for a black president, put a, a black girl in the role of Annie, watch black people and support black people in their rise to power and prominence in every field, be it a Supreme Court justice, an, an insane, insanely excellent trial attorney, you know, medical professionals, like we were, we saw it. We all saw it. We knew there was a lack of representation and we got behind more representation. And this is what I think a lot of the heterosexual, like typical straight white dads are feeling like, hold on, I saw it. I was down for the mission. I, vo I was an ally. I voted down Prop 8. But then when you turn around and are like, listen, you don't get it. You don't know what it's like to be me. So when I thought I was being an ally, I was called a white savior. Guess what you stopped doing? Being an ally. Right. Oh, I stopped completely. That's what I mean. I was like, I'm out of this one.
you step back. Oh, 100%. And, and, and how does that do the greater good? Not at all. But, and the best part is the no white saviors group that's bullying all these white people is run by a white girl protecting black people from white people. <laughs> Trying to help them. I swear to God. I swear to God. Because it was like, oh, you white savior. You white savior. I'm like, white savior. Okay. So I'm like, explain to me, same conversation I was going to have with Jordan Peterson, right? Like, I don't get it, but I want to. You know, I, it had to do with something I did for the, for the UNHCR, because I do understand how lucky I am to be living in America as a woman who's gay, with a mom who's a Jew, and a dad who's an Arab, and a kid who's black, and a kid who's brown. I know that in most other parts of the world, I'd be killed. I'm not an idiot. I, I know about North Korea and Iran and fucking China. Like, I know. I'm lucky. I didn't earn the right to be here, right? So I want to pay it forward. So I got involved with the United Nations Refugee Agency. I wanted to go to Syria. I'm Syrian, right? I'm watching children wash up on the beach. They're like, yeah, this one's covered. Thanks, but no thanks. We've got Angelina Jolie and Ben Stiller on the case. Oh, no. Would you go to the Congo? They're like, we don't have anybody going to the Congo. I was like, sure, I'll go to the Congo. Go to the Congo, white savior. And then I, I'm like, oh, fuck it, wait. What is a white savior? <laughs> then I'm like, hold on, I want to have this conversation with you. And a white girl from the Midwest gets on the phone with me to tell me what it means to be a white savior as she's running no white saviors. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, God. Come on. Do you have any more snacks? <laughs> <laughs> 